Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the EFES podcast. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Welcome back to the FS Nation podcast. Your host here, Chase Urich. Episode number 19, and today we are bringing out the big guns. We've got uh, a long-awaited guest on with us today. I'm very excited about it. I hinted at this last episode that uh, we had a very special guest for you today. If you're listening in and you're tuning into this, I'm going to tell you to kind of preface this podcast by just telling you, you want to hear from elite-level producers. You want to hear from people that are doing it on a big, big scale. Today's today's guest is, is just that. He fits that criteria. We've got Jim D'Amato on with us. Jim, to give you a little bit of just uh, a heads up and some color to the to the conversation, Jim in uh, in 2023 produced over 700,000 in final expense sales. That's not annuity production mixed in. It's not a simplified term. We're talking about straight final expense production over 700K. The year before, over 864,000. So there's consistency. He's not a flash in the pan. He knows what he's doing. Uh, and then also, one of the greatest things that I can say uh, about production for Jim and just his level of activity is how he integrated in that holistic, organic approach. He's now cross-selling Medicare with final expense, taking care of more people in more ways than one. So Jim, appreciate you jumping on to spend some time with us today, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me, Chase. I appreciate it, man. I'm, I'm so excited about this podcast as I am with all of our, our guests that come on. This one, kind of a long time coming. We've been talking about doing this. We got to spend some time in Vegas together, but um, I want to get get the audience to kind of get to know you a little bit. So the production alone, it's glaring. It's something that you know eyes are popping when they see those types of numbers because they're just so uncommon. Um Tell us a little bit about where you started. We don't have to name any names necessarily. We don't want to bash any competitors, not that you would, but you know, tell us about your start and your history of getting going in the business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I was in the uh, financial sector for a while. I actually started in um, corporate doing um, some 401k and annuity business. I was an internal wholesaler for um, years, which I enjoyed. I was at Hartford for a while, I was at Travelers. And then um, I moved over to Mass Mutual and I was, um, same thing, I was doing 401k annuities. I was managing a sales desk and we had a um, very big merger. And as a result, I ended up getting laid off. And, um, you know, very tough time. I had no idea what I was gonna do. I had, um, I, I really had no idea what I was going to do. And I ended up bouncing around a little bit. And then I looked into the, um, what we do now. I looked into selling life insurance. And when I started off, it was completely new to me. I had, uh, you know, no idea what I was doing. I had the license, but that was about it. But like I said, it was all new to me. There was um, a huge learning curve and it took me a good probably year and a half to two years to really start to understand the business and to get going. So it didn't happen immediately. There was definitely a learning curve there. What was that first year, year and a half of production looking like for you as you were going through that learning curve? What kind of numbers were you putting up compared to the gym that we know today? Oh God, it, it was so minimal. I was probably doing... Well, there was a couple things. Uh, first of all, I didn't have, uh, I wasn't working with you guys. 
So I didn't have that backing from a great IMO. I was working with an IMO that um, was not really giving me what I needed. I was having a hard time getting leads. Uh, the training was very minimal. I didn't have points of contact that I needed. I didn't have resources to use. So for that year, I mean, God, I was probably right 10, maybe 15,000 a month at best. I might have had a few months where I did 20, but um, not, nothing big, nothing to brag about. You were making magic happen with limited amounts of leads. I mean, those numbers are still not bad. Uh, that's impressive, and it speaks to you and, and your work ethic and, and what, you're, what you do, uh, that you were able to put those kind of numbers up. Now, being fully integrated, being a big part of the culture here with Equita and FS Nation, uh, it's exciting to see you celebrate those others that, you know, I see you, 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 Jason Horn, you guys stand above uh, most of the others in terms of celebrating others and their success. I love that part of it. We talk about culture on here a lot. Mm. Um, I'm going to get to that later in, in the podcast, but for you going through a year, year and a half, kind of figuring it out on your own, not having a ton of mentorship, as you mentioned, what are some of the keys that you would throw out there? for those that are listening in? Cause we have a lot of people, Jim, that listen to the podcast that reach out to us or they're like, man, that was me. Uh, that I was that guy, or I was that lady that I struggled with this, this, and this. And, you know, I want to, I want to find out how do I improve for you that first year and a half, what were some of those, what were, what would you say are the keys that, that someone should be paying attention to, to help them become successful? Yeah. Well, that's a great question. I mean, I think the big things, and even when I first came over to FS, I didn't embrace the culture that took me some time as well so that would be if i had to look back and say okay what were the the biggest keys for me the first thing would be embracing the culture and it probably took a good year and when i say you know embrace the culture i wasn't doing the morning call i started doing the morning call made a huge difference i started um contacting high-end producers and asking questions and finding out, you know, what they were doing. That made a huge difference. And I took notes on everything they said and I followed what they did. And I, I kind of came up with my own thing over time, but I started networking with people that were, that were making it happen. Uh, the other thing was, and, and this was a big thing for me at, at some point to really be good at this, you have to go all in. You have to be willing to put it all on the line. You have to go all in. And that's what I did. In the beginning, I was playing with scared money. I was afraid to buy leads. I was afraid to invest the money. And, you know, I was doing okay. I was doing decent. I was an average of a producer, but I wasn't doing, you know, what I was capable of. And back at that time, I remember I had a I had a good conversation with Ryan Karras and he said, listen, you, you know what you're doing. You know how to close. You're very good in front of the people. Buy the leads, generate the revenue off the leads you're buying. You're not buying enough leads. And that's when I started to get more leads. I took on more territory. I started to cover uh, Massachusetts as well as Connecticut. And I started investing in more leads. So I went from like, got 15 or 20 leads a week to 40, 45, 50. And I just continued to get better. I just continued to practice my pitch, my presentation, and my closing ratio started to go up. I mean, within a two-year period, 
I went and I, I was not good at all. Like I said, I went from closing at like 20% to probably 80%. And that's where I am now. So a huge part of it, like I said, embracing the culture, believing that you can do it, going all in, giving it 100%, and you know, using FSIMO for the support. I mean, because that's what you guys are here for and you guys do a great job with it. So those were some of the big catalysts that that helped me make some some big uh, changes. Well, it's awesome to hear hear you say that because one of the common themes that's on here is you know obviously every person that is a guest on this has a different background. They come from a different walk of life, different you know previous employment you know experience. The thing that is a common theme, and and, and our listeners probably get a little bit of tired head on it, but it's important to note, and you just really drove it home. The activity is massive, and there's there's something that you just put into that message there that we could snippet that out and share with with people and just leave everything else else alone. It would be extremely valuable. Putting putting the work in, like there is no substitute. You can have the greatest leads, greatest training, greatest products, but if you're not willing to go to work, it's not going to happen. It's bottom line. But when you just mentioned that your activity, you. Uh, as you are the catalyst of this, in my opinion, uh, with all of the amazing people we work with every week, come rain or shine, whether it's AEP, OEP, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter what's going on. You, you take leads every week. You're diligently working those. You have a system, you're regimented. You are somebody that has followed that massive activity push. That's what fuels your business. I mean, am I spot on with that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, that kind of ties back to what I was saying on the national call. I'm, I'm very numbers driven. I'm very goal driven. So for me, I need to write 50 grand a month for me to be happy, preferably 60, but I'm trying to write 50. The reason that's my number is because that allows me to make what I want to make out of my business. Okay. Now, um, whatever I have to do to hit that number, that's what I'm going to do. So there'll be a lot of Saturdays, you know, where, where you're seeing me digging and that's because I'm out there, I'm out there five and a half days a week. Okay. I usually do a half day on Saturday and I'm giving it everything I got. I mean, I'm, I'm not afraid to work. I'm not afraid to put the miles on my car. I mean, God, I put 55, 60,000 miles on my car this year, just doing appointments. Um, I'm not afraid to invest the money in the leads, but if you're going to do that, if you're going to be picking up 40, 45, 50 leads a week, you're going to have a big lead bill and you have to, in your head, you have to be comfortable working those hours. You have to be comfortable going out there every day. I mean, even if the night before you get home at nine, 10 o'clock, you got to be back on the road at eight o'clock in the morning. So mentally you have to be very strong because what we do is not easy. We deal with people that are great. And then we deal with people with, um, that are not so great that have very difficult personalities and, and, you know, you just shake your head because you don't know what to do. But that's all part of it. I mean, if you want to hit the numbers and do it, you absolutely have to put the work in week in, week out. And you can't skip weeks here and there. You can't not buy leads. 
It just has to be a consistent model throughout the month and throughout the year. You embody that. Like everything you just said, there's a lot of guys in the business that will, they'll, you know, whether it's a podcast or a social media video, they'll talk a lot of, a lot of, a lot of stuff and they don't actually do it. Like you are a walking embodiment of what you just mentioned, the massive activity, putting things into application. The other thing is, as I mentioned as well at the beginning of the, this of this podcast, you're also still a student of the game. As much as you write and as much business as you produce, you are still somebody who is imbibing knowledge and soaking up as much as you can to put back into your business to make it better. Like, How important is that from your perspective for you to go from a year and a half of doing what you were doing, which is still for most successful, for you to continue to level up? You're, what, what's the deal with you always being a student? How helpful has that been? Well, I mean, I, I think you have to be. I think you have to be. And I think I continue to evolve and, and get better. And, you know, just knowing the carriers to use and, and when not to use them and understanding the, the underwriting better, um, understanding who my competitors are, uh, replacements, things like that. I mean, you have to continue to get better at that. And I've done that, but yeah, hundred percent, I'm still learning. I mean, especially with the Medicare, the Medicare was, um, you know, I'm not going to say the Medicare is, was easy, but it's a lot to learn. It's, it's a completely, um, it was completely new for me. I knew nothing about it. It took me time to ramp up. It took me time to get comfortable but it's the best thing I ever did. And I'm still learning. I, I call Holden all the time. and He's always there to help me because there's always things I don't know. But we're continuing to get better. We're continuing to write more and more deals. And I, I think we're going to be strong this year. We're going to write a lot of um, a lot of Medicare deals. Yeah, I, I'm excited because seeing what you did and when you got certified, from the moment you got certified, when you look at the timeline, you got certified right before AEP, literally right before AEP. And then you went out and in your first AEP, you put up 150 applications or something insane. And like for us internally, we kind of marvel at it because you followed all the steps to get integrated, to get certified. But then I also marvel at your quality of business. And that's something that you, you have been tremendous at in terms of being a student and getting better. You're always working on not just your presentation, but you're also building on your, working on your rapport building. You genuinely care about your clients. We see that. Your quality of business has skyrocketed. Um, you're a qualifier for multiple convention trips. Excited to see you on the American Amicable trip this year. It's going to be a blast. But your quality of business has gone through the roof as you continue to be a student. And then we now see this next iteration where you're... I mean, you're a, you're, you're a dangerous man in a great way now that you're able to help people with life insurance and Medicare. Like, it's unbelievable. I can't wait to get a little personal and find out how's the bank account looking after uh, all of these <laughs> AEPs. After you get two years under your belt, you're going to have an insane amount of revenue coming in for the investment you made in your business, not just monetarily, but the sweat equity you've put in. Because as you said, it's not easy, but it's not super difficult. You just got to become a student. So I'm fired up for you, man. You you've uh, you've put a lot of time and effort into to buying in on the holistic approach. There's a lot of people out in the marketplace, Jim, that are successful doing life insurance right now. For you, how impactful have you already? How impactful has it been for you already in your business? You know, seeing those results from Medicare. Oh, it's it's huge. 
it's huge. Um, I, I was very hesitant to go into the Medicare and it was the best thing I did. It opened up so many doors and opportunities for me. It allowed me to get in front of people that normally I would not have been able to. And what that meant was me getting a Medicare deal. And then on top of it, I was able to cross sell and get their life insurance. That's why I think during AEP, whatever it was, it was like, uh, I don't know, 111, 115 applications. But in that six week period, we wrote, we cross sold 75 grand in final expense. And that was off AEP leads. That wasn't off final expense leads. So what that told me and what I preach now is those are the exact same clients. They're the same people. So don't leave the money on the table. Sell it as a package deal. Let them know you're there to help them with their Medicare. And then you're going to get them qualified for the uh, for the state regulated final expense plans. But sell it as a package deal because if you're not doing it, someone else is going to come in there and they're going to take it from you. So I, I just, I can't say enough good things about the Medicare. I mean, it, I, yeah, I know you guys were on me forever to do it. And, and like I said, I was hesitant for good reason, but I'm so happy I'm involved in it now. I'm, I'm so grateful that I, you know, I've hold things as a resource. He's an amazing partner. And I'm so grateful that I'm comfortable with it now. And I can go into a house and I can be confident. I can be comfortable and the people can feel how confident and comfortable I am. And it, it, it just makes my closing ratios continue to go up and up. Yeah, your clients love you. And that's one thing we've noticed as well. Um, you know, people who get involved in Medicare are worried about, you know, complaints. You know, we talk about and we train and Holden, as you mentioned. Uh, and also, if you're listening in, look at previous podcasts. You've seen Holden on here a couple of times already. He's so good at training how to do things compliantly with our with our clients' best interests at heart, number one. You've been a catalyst of that. What do you, for those that are listening in, we'll kind of go off topic, but still on topic. What is something that's, that you do that you would share with everybody listening in that you feel is important to help build that rapport with the client? Because like I said, and I'll be redundant, your clients love you. They love some Jim D'Amato. What is it that you do with them that kind of disarms them initially? Because there's that wall built up. How do you go about building that rapport where they really are willing to listen to you and, and, and let you earn their business? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question as well. I, I may do things... Um, I, I get them very comfortable very quickly. So when I get to, so from the time I get out of my car to the time I walk up to the door, it, it's game out. I already have in my head that I have the deal. If they're home, I'm going to get them. So when I get there, I'm always at the same level as them. So I'm not dressed up. I'm wearing jeans, a pair of Nikes, t-shirt, you know, Under Armour jacket, champion jacket, something like that. So um, I'm not dressed up at all. I don't want them to feel overwhelmed. I want them very comfortable. Okay. I call them by their first name. I, I know some people don't do that. They like to say Mr. and Mrs., which is fine. I'm not telling people not to do that. For me, it works when I call them by their first name because I want them very comfortable. I want them, um, I want, I just want them to be comfortable. So 
when I go in, um, you know, I'm, I'm very nice. I'm very polite. And, but I'm in control the whole time that I'm there. I'm in control. So I'm controlling where we sit. So like when we walk in, if they say, um, you know, let's go sit in the dining room, the kitchen table, I'll say something like, you can sit right here on the couch. The couch looks comfortable. I, I want you to be comfortable. This is the easiest thing you're going to do all day. It's going to take 10 minutes. So that, that kind of puts them to eat. Now, with the rapport building, I will spend a couple minutes doing it. I find out, you know, an animal they may have, whatever it is. But once I get them, it, it almost like clicks. Like once I feel like they're comfortable, I'm going right into my thing. So they know right off the bat that I'm the benefits coordinator, I'm the professional that's there to help them because I'm very matter of fact with them. I don't want to come off fake. I don't want to come off like a car salesman, like somebody's there to bullshit them. I'm just very transparent with them and they know that I'm there to help them just like I help everyone else. So, I mean, rapport building a couple minutes, no more than that. And then um, right into my pitch, which is 15, 20 minutes. And then I'm gone in a half hour. I do the wind down. I spend a little time with them and then I'm out. So, I mean, it takes me about a half hour to go through the entire process. And, and again, that's what works for me. For somebody else, it might be different. I tested it different ways. I mean, my retention numbers are really good. My EMM persistency is like 89%, I think. I think my 13th month is like close to 70. You, you would know better than me. But um, my persistency is there. That's the model that works for me. That's the model that allows me to do a lot of appointments and put up the numbers that I do. I kind of look at it like they don't. You know, they're really nice people, but they don't want me in their house any longer than I want to be in there. So I want to do my job. I want to do a really good job. I want to get them comfortable. I want to make sure they know that they can call me with whatever they need anytime. And then I'm done moving on to the next one. Yeah, there's I, I've seen it in, in the business quality reflects it. The level of empathy that you work with with your clients um, the level of authenticity as we go to the rapport building part that you just touched on, you're, you're ex extremely authentic. You don't BS them. Um, you're straight up from the moment you get there. Uh, and that reflection, your quality of business as well. It, it, it's, it shows, and that's the one place it will show. Yeah. And so the time that you invest with them though, from a minute standpoint, there may be, like you said, people who spend a longer time in the house, there's something to be said for, how authentic you are, how real you are with your clients, the way you have that level of empathy for them. They respect that. They feed off of it. And I, you know, for those that are listening in, you got to put yourself in the client's shoes. Instead of seeing everything through your own eyes, put yourself you know, in the client's shoes and think about like, this person just knocked on my door. This person's just coming by for an appointment. They've never met you before. That, you know, investing that time and effort and being authentic with them to, to build that rapport is essential. So something that, that was big that Jim hit on. Um, as we look to well, wrap up. I think that, I'm sorry. No, you're good. Say, Go ahead. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I think that they can, feel, like, I'm very passionate about what I do. I truly love what I do. 
there's nothing else I'd want to do. I mean, I enjoy going to work. I can honestly say that. And I love helping these people and they can feel it when I'm there. If you don't have the right intentions and you're there, you know, just to get a commission and you don't really care about helping them, they're going to feel it. Okay. Just like I can read them and I read them very quickly, they can read me. So they know that I'm there to truly help them. And that, that may um, shorten the rapport building process a little bit because they get a very comfortable feeling with me very quickly. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. And once again, it goes back to it shows. You know, if you're listening in right now, like it shows in the quality of business. Jim's right. The numbers that he threw out a moment ago, you know, his QOB is fantastic. And that's one of the big fears of those of you that are looking to push big volume. Or if you ever met somebody that pushes big volume, a lot of them are all for nothing. And it's not great QOB. With Jim, it is. And that's, you want to write it, but you also want to keep it. What you put on, you want to keep. So right, um, right. just absolutely phenomenal. And and I'm fired up for you. You are literally continuing to climb and level up, it seems like, every single month, every single year. Um, anything you want to throw out at the end here as we look to break and in and, and this first rendition of getting you on, which we're going to have to do many, many more times, but anything you want to throw out? Yeah, I, I think just in closing, um, you know, we, we have an amazing opportunity. We have the ability to help really good people that truly need it. And we can make a lot of money doing it. And we can take care of our families with that. Um, my, I guess my big advice would be if you're going to do it, if you want to, if you want above average results, you want to produce it in the league level, be passionate about what you do. You got to love what you do. You got to go, um, you got to go all in. You got to be willing to give it a hundred percent. You know, you, you really have to put yourself out there if you're going to do it and it will pay out. Um, I can tell you that. So, you know, if anybody needs anything, you guys can always hit me up and, um, you know, everyone did a lot for me. So whatever I can do to give back, I, I'd like to. So that's, a, that's we, about all I got, man. We see you paying it forward every day, celebrating others. You're a, you're just an absolutely phenomenal servant leader. See what you're doing with, with the guys that are in your group. And I just want to throw this out there to you guys as we're parting here. And we looked in this episode number 19. He started with us in 2020. Well, that's when we first started working together. It wasn't even a full year. So really, in a short amount of time, already over, right at almost $2 million in production on the board. He's already in the all-time top producer list in such a short amount of time. Jim, I appreciate you, man. It's been a blast doing this one with you. And I think the next one we're going to do, we're going to rope our buddy in. We're going to get Holden Hassel on with us. And we're going to talk about jobs. I think that'll be fun. Yeah. Holden's yeah. man. That sounds good. All right. All right dude, I appreciate, I appreciate you. you. Thank you. Likewise, buddy. Okay. Take care. Thanks for listening to the EFES podcast. For more, visit EFESNation.com and subscribe to the podcast catalog on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.